We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to today's message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Now here's Pastor Muta. 2017 ended really well for me. It was a really exciting time for me. Uh, one is because something that I shared with you guys um, about a, a disposition in my heart that shifted for whatever reason. That shift was I actually started liking Christmas. I never liked Christmas before this. It was just not a fun season for me. I could not stand Christmas music. And Christine, after Thanksgiving, uh, 101.5 or whatever it was, would play Christmas music, and she would be listening to it all fall, all into Christmas, and I couldn't stand not one of it until a certain album got released. I heard this album, and all of a sudden, something started changing inside of me. I'm like, okay, I can dig this Christmas music. And I really started anticipating Christmas, and I really wanted Christmas to come. And I went out, and I got the Christmas tree, and I got all of the the ornaments that went on the Christmas tree. And I I put it up together with the family, and I was excited, and we were playing Christmas music at the time. And something had shifted. Old Scrooge had gone away. Pastor Grinch was now like, all of a sudden, come on, let's do this. But here goes the deal. (laughs) Christina loves Christmas. But then it almost got ruined. It almost got ruined. See, my love for Christmas was just developing. It was just building, and it almost got shattered because of God bless their heart, my kids. Because all they could do is tell me, Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want this. Can I have that? Can you buy me this? Can you buy me this? Can you buy me this? And that's all I heard from December 1 to December 24th. And they're like, can we buy this? Can we buy this? We're having Christmas Eve service and we're getting ready to go home. And like, did you remember to get this? Did you remember to get this? And I'm just like, enough already. And the crazy thing is, is because a lot of the things that they were asking for, while they weren't so bad, but it wasn't mean, it doesn't mean that they were very good as well, too. See, some stuff was easy, like, hey, I want this Beyblade. I don't even know what a Beyblade is. I want a Beyblade, and they wanted uh, this video game system, and they wanted this, and I wanted a cell phone. I wanted this, and I'm just like, listen, guys, some of the stuff that you want is all getting great that you want it. But how many parents in here know, like, some of this stuff is going to distract you? Listen, school year is coming right back into place, and I don't need you thinking about what you're going to do when you get home while you're sitting at school. Case in point, a couple years ago, son's not paying attention in school. Teacher's like, he just can't focus. I don't know what's going on with him. So I come to him, and I'm like, son, why aren't you focusing in school? I'm just thinking about what I'm going to do when I get home. (laughs) You're in school, bro. Think about what you're doing right now. And so I'm sitting there telling him, like, listen, some of this stuff is going to be uh, is going to distract you. Wait till the summer to get something like this. In fact, that's why we got the video games put up and all that type of stuff. And some of it, honestly, is just a little dangerous for you right now. Now, listen, I am not judging any parents who lets their phone, the child have a phone. But I know my children. They're me. They're my, my child. I know me. I'm the one who birthed them. So if they say, like, uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I know not to give my child a cell phone at this age. 
Because at the end of the day, there's so many things that he can get into on the phone and on the web. And so I'm like, you know what? I want, I, can I just protect you here for a moment? Let me, let me let you mature a little bit. I don't want to put you in a situation that's going to put you in harm's way and mess you up because your eyes don't fall out. That's what, that's what the old people used to tell us. But I wonder if God ever feels that way about us, about some of the requests that we make. God, I want this. God, I want that. And he's sitting here saying, listen, I would love to give it to you, but let me tell you something. You're not ready. It's not time yet. And maybe we're asking for this, and he's like, listen, this is going to harm you in the end. You know, that, that, that relationship with that, with that girl that you want in high school or in college now, walking around Western Michigan University, be like, oh, I see her. Uh. And God is like, nope, because I know if you get with this girl, you're going to compromise everything that you say you believe in. Oh, oh, God, give me this job. I want this. I want this career. And he's saying, like, listen, I would love to give that to you. But that's going to put you in a situation where you neglect all your other responsibilities because you're just going to be going so hard in this career. And I need you to just stay where you're at. I need you to bloom where you're planted because there's some maturity that yet needs to come. Or, or, God, I I, want to do this this thing, or I want to go to this place. And he's like, listen, I love you, and the reason uh, I don't want you to have this, the reason why you're reaching a roadblock is because, you know what? I know what's best for you. So as we anticipate great things, anybody anticipating great things in 2018? I'm anticipating great things in 2018. As we are anticipating great things in 2018, maybe... Just maybe we need to begin by recalibrating our requests. Maybe we need to recalibrate our requests. Today, we're going to be in the Old Testament in a book called Chronicles. We're going to be in 2 Chronicles. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to follow along. House crew is going to get one to you. Just go ahead and slip your hand up and we'll get a Bible to you. 2 Chronicles is about... um, a guy, it opens up uh, about a guy named Solomon. Solomon is uh, considered one of the wisest men who ever lived. Many of us have heard this story before, but as uh, Lewis shared last week, uh, uh, let's just not gloss over this story. Let's not easily just say, hey, I know this story. I believe God has some things for us to learn as we begin uh, 2018. So if you got it, say, I got it. You got it. All right. I think, man, I keep picking up my Bible and seeing this $25 uh, Amazon card. Thank you, Jesus. Focus. Thank you. Thank you, squirrel. You know. All right. So let's begin in chapter one of Second Chronicles. This is how it begins. It says, Solomon, the son of David, established himself in his kingdom, and the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Wouldn't that be amazing to start your story? Your kingdom was established and uh, God made you exceedingly great. And this is what we find out about this man, Solomon, that he was a wise man, that he was a great man, that God was with him. But uh, let me tell you a little bit of background about Solomon. See, Solomon's background does not look as nice. 
See, let me tell you about Solomon's parents. A woman named Bathsheba. And his father, who was king at the time, named David. One of the greatest kings that ever lived, but also made one of the greatest mistakes that he could ever do. So David is king and everything is going great. And he sees uh, this woman uh, bathing as he's walking on top of his roof. He's supposed to be out at battle with all of his men, but he decides to stay home for whatever reason. Usually kings would be at the front line of the battle, but for whatever reason, he's at home. He sees this woman and he sees her and he says, man, let me have this woman. So he brings her home, sleeps with her, gets her pregnant. And then realizes, oh, no, if people find out that I got this woman pregnant, it's going to be a world of trouble. So let's go get her man who's fighting for me in battle. And try to convince him to come and get with his wife so they can put the baby on him. But his, uh, uh, this, this general does not decide to do this. He says, how can I go home and sleep with my wife? His integrity says, listen, my men are dying in battle. I can't do that. So David gets upset and he's like, man, I got to kill this dude. So David goes on this quest where he murders uh, this woman's husband, and and now he's brought her in as his wife. And so Solomon's parents, you've got a murderer and you got a mistress. Solomon's beginning doesn't sound all that great, but how many of you are glad to know that we serve a God who doesn't care where you're from? All he worries about is where he's taking you. It doesn't matter what 2007 happened, what you did in 2007, what mistakes you've made, where you fell off. He's saying, listen, in 2018, the best is yet to come. I've got more for you. Verse 2. It says, Solomon spoke to all of Israel, to the commanders of the thousands and of the hundreds, and to the judges, and to all the leaders in all of Israel, and heads of fathers' houses. And verse 3 says, And Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon, for the tent of meeting which Moses the servant of the Lord had made in the wilderness was there. But David had brought up the ark uh, of God from Kiriath Jerem to the place that David had prepared for it, for he had pitched a tent in it uh, in Jerusalem. Verse 5, it says, Moreover, the bronze altar that Bezaliel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, had made was there before the tabernacle of the Lord. And Solomon the, and the assembly sought it out. Verse 6, And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tent of meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. So you see the scene. Solomon has become king. In his first order of business, he gathers all of his friends. He gathers all of his buddies. He gathers all of his leaders, all of his commanders, all of the officials of the nation. And he says, come on, we've got to go somewhere right now. They're wondering, where are we going? You know, Solomon, you've just become king. Are we going to go fight already? Where are we going? Where are we headed? And it says they went to a high place where the tent of meeting was. And if you were here during the Heart for the House series, we talked about a a, a house that was being built that God had given Moses to build so God's presence would dwell in that house. And that is the same place that Solomon is going. His first order of business as king is he's going to the house of the Lord. And it says he went to the high place. See, in in ancient um, worshipers, 
would have their sacred rituals or build their temples on high hills and mountains because they figured this was a great place where heaven and uh, earth met. Logically, I guess that's all right, right? <laughs> they were getting higher, they thought. But over time, and this is this right here for the Christians, for the, the, the Bible scholars, those individuals that love the little bitty details. If you read through scriptures, high places don't really have a good report. A lot of times you hear about the kings who didn't take down the high places. And see, it wasn't only the believers of God who worshiped on the high places, but some of the pagan tribes would go and they would sacrifice humans and they would sacrifice their children. And they would do all these uh, crazy pagan rituals on high places that high places became now synonymous with evil. And so if you're ever reading scripture, if you're ever reading first Kings and second Kings and Chronicles and Israel, and he says the king was wicked and he didn't take down the high place. Don't think that's the same thing that's happening with Solomon. The high place wasn't the bad thing. It was the thing that was taking place on there. So he goes up to the high place. He goes to the temple of the Lord and it says he sacrificed. Thousands. Burnt offerings on it. Can I give you uh, this translation in 2018? They had church. They went up there and they're like, it's about to go down. Worship is about to be crazy. It's going to be bananas. We're going to have such a great time. We're going to worship. We're going to sing. We're going to offer these sacrifices to God. And these uh, uh, sacrifices, there were different types of sacrifice. Sometimes there were sacrifices uh, for forgiveness, for repentance. There were sacrifices for peace offerings. There were sacrifices just to worship God and say, thank you. I love you. And they're doing all of this. And, and this word, a thousand, it just means there was a lot. They didn't count out a thousand pieces. It was just a lot of sacrifices. They had a lot of praise that they wanted to give to God. They wanted to worship God in the best way that they possibly could, much like our worship team this morning. They brought it, didn't they? I love what God is doing with the house worship here, with relevant church worship here. You guys are phenomenal. The band is killing it. And Jonathan, I know you got to go back to school, but I'm going to miss my bass. Come on. Yeah. And so they've got the full band out there. And I want you to see something in in, in verse uh, uh, five. It says here, it says, and Solomon in the assembly sought it out. Other translation, they said they sought him out. They sought God out. Solomon started his reign worshiping God and seeking guidance. And I think this is a great lesson for us to start 2018 with. Uh, you guys are sitting in here today. You're starting out 2018 saying we're going to worship God and we're going to seek guidance because God has been good to us. And Solomon is thinking, God has raised me up. He's made me king. God has brought me into 2018. God didn't allow 2017 to kill me. Right, Rhonda? God brought us through 2017. And you know what? I just want to show gratitude. And that's the first point in our lesson today. Gratitude is marked by extravagant worship. And that's why we're going to be worshipers here at Relevant, because we believe God has done some amazing things in our lives. And that's why I want to challenge you to be a worshiping individual, too. Gratitude is marked by extravagant worship. Now, we're talking about recalibrating our requests, and now we're talking about gratitude. I think this lays the groundwork of how we come to God, 
We don't come to God with immediate requests. We come to God and say, God, thank you. If you never did anything else, thank you. If you didn't heal my body, thank you. If you didn't give me that promotion, thank you. If you didn't give me that girlfriend, thank you. Some of y'all need to be thanking him for real for that one. Gratitude is marked by extravagant worship. Verse 7. He says, in that night, God appeared to Solomon. In other translation, it says it appeared to him in a dream. In that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask what I shall give you. How many wants to hear that from God? Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, you have shown great and steadfast love to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. O Lord God, let your word to to David, my father, be now fulfilled. For you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust. God says, hey, Denoy, what can I do for you? And he begins by pointing back to his father, going back to what God has done in the past for others. He says, God, you've shown steadfast love to my dad. And this word steadfast here, it's called chesed in Hebrew. And what it actually literally means, it's God's unfailing love rooted in his commitment to showing you mercy despite yourself. Despite what you do to him, it's rooted in this commitment to fulfill the promises that he's made in your life. And how many believe that God is a merciful God? Because if he took into account our life, he should not be as merciful. He shouldn't be fulfilling any promise in our life. So God is is, is revealing himself in this character to David, Solomon's father. And he's pointing to David and said, God, you did it for him. You've been doing this for my dad. And and can I put this in here? This This is a freebie right here. God's commitment to others should inspire us and not discourage us. Let's not look at somebody else's life and somebody else's faith and somebody else's blessings and be like, God, why can't you do that for me? God, I've been serving you. God, I go to church. God, I serve. How can't I get the same blessings? We need to be looking at other people's life and say, God, you did it for uh, Emily. God, you did it for, for, for Zach, and you did it for Rhonda, and you did it for uh, uh, Steve. And so I know you can do it for me as well, too, because I believe you are the same God who was yesterday, and you're the same God today, and you're going to be the same God tomorrow. So what you did for them, I believe you can do that in my life as well, too. He's saying, be now fulfilled. Let the promises, the word that you gave to my father, David, be now fulfilled. And he's, he's essentially talking about a couple of promises here. Uh, one of them, he's not only talking about his father, David, but he's going like way back into his ancestry to a guy named Abraham. God said, your children will be like a, a, a sand on the seashore. And that's why he's saying, listen, now I'm ruling over people as numerous as the sands. Your faithfulness. Another way he's saying fulfill this promise, he's saying uh, uh, you gave this promise to my father David that his kingdom would last forever. And I'm taking that over. So make my kingdom last forever too, God. Uh, Fulfill that promise. He's going to him and saying uh, you gave my father a promise that he would build a new lavish temple. 
Uh, but you told him he wasn't going to do it, that I was going to do it. And, and, and you know, the, the story says David is, is king and he's got all this wealth and he's got all this great stuff. And he says, listen, I want, to, uh, I want to build a house for the Lord. I know we had that temple. We had that tent. It was all great. But I want to do something great. I've got resources. I want to do something majestic. So I'm going to venture out. And God says to him, hey, listen, I would love for you to do that, but you got blood on your hands. Mm, sobering moment, right? Let this be a reminder that, listen, while God forgives, the consequences are still there. We still face the consequences for our sin. God has forgiven us, and he redeems us, and he's saying, listen, you've got eternal life, but at the end of the day, what we do has consequences. So let's not think we serve a God that we can do whatever we want and live the way we want, and all of a sudden, we're just going to get off scot-free because he's a merciful God, right? God says, dude, you got blood on your hands. I can't have you build this, but I'm going to let your son do it. I'm going to let your son do it. Solomon saw himself as the fulfillment of all these blessings. And let me tell you something that I've said from before. You and I may be the manifestation of God's blessings to our parents to our grandparents, to our great-great-grandparents. And they'll say, like, uh, I'm, you're going to have a, a, a family that's going to do this, that's going to have businesses, that's going to have uh, resources, that's going to bless people, that's going to uh, uh, heal people's lives, that's going to restore uh, uh, just life to people. And I remember my father, when I decided, when I believed God was calling me to ministry and I went to my parents and I set them down. And I said, Dad and mom, um, I'm leaving business, and I'm going into ministry full time. It was interesting because my dad just kind of sat back, and he had this smirk on his face. And later on, my mom comes to me and says, you know that your dad has always had a dream to be a pastor? You have your father's name. You are living out the dream that God gave him. Some of you guys in here are going to be the manifestation of the blessings that God has given to your parents. Walk into it in 2018. Receive it. Allow God to shower you with it. Don't let anything or anyone tell you you can't be what God has called you to be. Move into it because just like Solomon, he will establish you. He will raise you up and no one and nothing will come against you. Verse 10. God asks him, what shall I give you? He responds, let your word to my father be fulfilled. And in verse 10, he says, give me wisdom and knowledge to go out and come in before this people. For who can govern this people of yours, which is so great? See, other translations say, this is what he said. In other accounts, in Kings, it shows the same account. And this is how it renders it. He says, give me an understanding mind. Literally, he's saying, God, give me a heart of hearing. I want to be able to to listen to you. I want to have the disposition to not only listen and hear your word, but comprehend it and do it. See, Near Eastern philosophy believed that the heart was uh, the organ of comprehension. 
In, in fact, the Egyptians understood wisdom uh, and understanding to be achieved through a hearing heart. He doesn't ask for possessions. He doesn't ask for platforms. See, he's not looking at the other kings and saying, God, you've established me, but the Babylonian king over there, man, I want you to make me better than him because at the end of the day, I'm your child. I'm a child of the living God, and he's a pagan. He doesn't ask for more stuff. He doesn't ask for more clothes. He doesn't ask for more anything. He simply says, give me wisdom. Give me an understanding heart. I want to have a hearing heart. I want to be able to listen and discern what's right and what's wrong so I can take care of your people. I just want you to bless me with you. Can I just have more of you? I believe Solomon was already wise. I believe that uh, this is one of the reasons God asked him the question. He says, hey, what do you want? Because he knew the heart of Solomon. I mean, listen, sometimes that's, that's why God don't ask me what I want. Because I wouldn't answer like that. I'd be like, I want this, 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 this. Oh, yeah, by the way, and this. I was really good in 2017, so give me that one too. But the interesting thing is he understands that his gift of being a king, his gift of ruling over this people, it was for him, but it wasn't about him. Point number two, wisdom teaches us that God's gifts are not for the elevation of our platform, but the investment in his people. If we recalibrate our thinking in this, we realize that uh, something that I always say here, our faith is for us, but it's not about us. Our possessions are for us, but they're not about us. You know, Emily just gave her heart to the Lord this uh, past week, a couple of weeks ago. She was baptized. And we're so glad and we celebrate and we champion. We say, Emily, we're so proud of you. Walk into everything that God has for you. But realize that the faith that God has given you is for you. Yes, allow it to transform your life. But realize that it's not supposed to stay with you, but it's supposed to flow out of you. It's supposed to reach other people. Rhonda, the business that you're building is going to be for your family. And your tribe of children, good Lord. All girls, God bless you. God bless Andre. That, that business is, is for you and for you to be, uh, uh, to be able to be resourced and to be able to bless your family with you. But at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's supposed to flow and impact so many people's lives. Hey, listen, Christina, as, as you walk into your job every day, God's blessed you with a great job. The people around you, I know they love you. But your job is, 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 is not only about you. When you walk into that store every single day, know that your role is not about you. It's about the individuals who you're about to interact with every single day. How can you take God's blessing and allow it to flow into their lives? 
How can you live trans, transformative in the life and impacting the people around you? Wisdom teaches that, that God's gifts are not for the elevation of our platform, but the investment in his people. Verse 11 and 12. So God answers Solomon. He says, because this was in your heart. See, he's like, listen, you already have a heart of hearing. Uh, Because this was in your heart and you have not asked for possessions, wealth, honor, or the life of those who hate you and have not even asked for a long life, but have asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may govern my people, even whom I made you king. Listen, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you. So this was already in your heart. You were already there. You, you, you have this wisdom inside of you. Your disposition is already towards wisdom. You know, I, I could just imagine Solomon. He's sleeping at night. They've just worshipped. It's been amazing. They've been celebrating. They've been thanking God for everything that he's done, thanking him for the new season that they're walking into. Thank you for their version of 2018. And they're like, God, you're going to do some amazing things. You're going to work through me. You're going to build so much in me. And then this is what he says. Uh, God says, hey, Solomon, what would you like me to do? He says, God, I just don't want to screw this up. And how many of us just need to pray that prayer? We know what 2018 happened. We know what happened. We're like, listen, God, 20, uh, 2017, we know what happened. In 2018, we're like, God, I just don't want to screw this one up. I'm giving this one over to you. I know what my life has been like in the past. I know what I've done. I know where I'm from. I know where I've dropped the ball. But this time, I don't want to screw it up. He's not asking for stuff. He's asking for God's direction in his life. And I I wish we'll approach 2018 in the same way. Because this is what wisdom teaches us. Point number three. Wisdom teaches us that God's direction is greater than any material possession. God's direction is greater than any material possession. And see, when, when, when God gives you good gifts, are, are you asking for more or to be a wise steward of what he's already given you? When God gives you a, a new role at your job, when God gives you a new influence, when God gives you new faith, are you asking for more platform? God, I want to be able to do this for you. I want to be able to do this for you. I want to do this. Can you give me, can you give me people who I can just minister to? Can I, which is all good and great. Or are we saying, God, listen, I just want to be a wise steward. I just want to get to know you. Can I just be a wise steward of the resources that you've given me? See, Solomon's request for wisdom centered on God's people and how he could best serve them. It wasn't about him. It wasn't about the influence that he was trying to yield. It was based out of servanthood. He said, God, I just want to serve your people. 
You know, it's funny. My kids on Christmas, I'm pretty sure anyone who's got kids has noticed this as well too. They begin to open up their gifts and they're excited and then their eye catches what the other person got and all of a sudden it starts shifting and they're looking at theirs and they're looking at that. Is that how we're approaching life? Are we so busy caught up and say, hey, that person has a platform. Hey, that person is able to do this. Hey, that person has that career. Hey, that person has this. That person has that. Or am I saying, God, what you've given me, I'm going to love it, and I'm going to bloom where I'm planted, and I'm going to start from the ground up, and I'm just going to be grateful because I didn't even deserve this. I know me, and if I was God, I wouldn't have even given me this. And thank you, and thank you, and thank you, thank you. doesn't matter what this person has over here. Just thank you for this. Allow me to be a good steward of this. Let's wrap it up. In the last part of verse 12, God gives him wisdom, and then he goes on to say, I will also, I will also give you riches, possessions, and honor, such as none of the kings had who were before you and none after you shall have the like. Solomon came from the high place at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. God gave him wisdom and more. We serve the God of more. God always gives us more than we can think or imagine. See how uh, we were in the heart of the house? We said, God, listen, this is what you've called us to do, and we're just happy with whatever we receive, but we know, God, that you can do more, but whatever you give us, we'll be grateful. And you know what I love about this house that we have here? You guys are individuals who believe in God, who believe in his miracles, and believe in his capability. You are coming to God with a heart of wisdom, with a heart of of, of understanding with, 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 a, uh, with a believing heart because on all of your giving envelopes, it says the more. God, I want you to save more people. I want you to heal more people. I want you to restore more people. We want you to do more because we know you are capable of more. I love this quote that I found. It says, as a result of his servanthood, not as a result of him touting himself that now I'm king so I should be capable of doing this. Not because he was puffing himself up and saying, listen, you need to listen to me because I'm king now. He didn't come to this thing and says, hey, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my own little, little thing. I'm going to build my own kingdom here. But because of his servanthood, says, I will just serve. God granted him many unsolicited blessings. I believe that's why we have a house like this at Relevant Church. Uh, When you walk out and you look at that banner right by the info hub, it says, because serving each other is how we roll. We want to be servants first. Love all, serve all. That was not planned. Love all, serve all. We're not trying to build our own platform. We're not trying to do things and make ourselves 
better than uh, what we are. Listen, we know who God has called us to be. We know what he's capable of doing. So we're just going to say, Lord, we'll just serve you. And then you'll do the rest. Point number four. God's response to our kingdom priority is greater than our human productivity. See, many of us are walking into 2018. And we say, God, I need you to do this so that I can do this. And we're planning on everything that we're going to do. And we're making plans. And I know because I'm a planner. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to shift this because, God, I know a shift is coming. So I'm going to do this. And I'm going to help you in this way. And I'm going to do better. And I'm going to do better. And it's always about doing and doing and doing and doing. And God says, listen, I just want you to be. If you can just be, I'll do the rest. Trust me. Trust the process. And that's why I believe in 2018, we need to recalibrate our requests. We need to recalibrate our requests because here goes the reality, guys. We've already been blessed. We've already gotten through 2017. He's already saved us. He's already made a way out of nowhere. He's already promised us that he's going to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We don't have to build ourselves up. All we have to do is say, God, just give me an understanding heart. Just, Lord, allow me to be wise so I can be a good steward of the things that you've placed in front of me. I already have favor. Many of us drove here. We have cars. Many of us have clothes on our back. So I hope all of y'all have clothes on your back. Everybody seems to have clothes on their back. But we're blessed. We already have favor. Some have jobs. Some have really good jobs. We're already blessed. So we need to recalibrate our requests. And I believe the most important question, the most important request we can make in 2018 is to have a heart of hearing. So that we can recognize the voice of God in our life and be able to discern that wisdom that he gives us, to receive that wisdom that he freely gives us. See, we'll, when we receive his wisdom, we'll realize that his gifts are not for promotion, but for investing in his people. We'll realize that the direction, his direction is greater than any material possession. And this is what I believe in 2018, what we'll realize that God's kingdom priority, if we put it in God's priority, if we've got his kingdom becomes the priority of our lives, this will lead to personal prosperity. More than just health and wealth. I don't want you to believe that if we believe in God and all of a sudden everything is just going to be miraculous and all of a sudden we'll have all these uh, financial blessings and health blessings. No, but he will bless our life holistically. So how do we hear from God? How do we understand God's voice? How do we know God's voice? In 2018, this is what I believe that we need to do. We need to recalibrate not only our requests, but we need to recalibrate our religion. We need to recalibrate our faith. We need to intentionally spend time hearing God's voice. And there's a couple of ways we can do that. One, 
we can turn off some of the stuff we listen to. Listen, I listen to everything. I've got one of the most widest musical palettes, but you know what? Sometimes let's turn all of that off and let's put on some music that edifies our relationship with the Lord. Let's think about his praises. Let's think about how awesome he's been. Let's celebrate him for what he's done, what he's brought us through, what he's continuing to do in our lives. Let's just have a time of worship on your morning commute, on your evening commute. Throw on some music and just begin to sing out and just say, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. Number two, another thing that we could do is we could just pray more. Give yourself a challenge. Every time I hit a stoplight, I'm just going to pray. Every time I get to a stop sign, I'm going to shoot up a quick prayer. Thank you, God, so much for everything that you're doing. You're so awesome. God bless. And let's spend some time in God's word this year. There's so many Bible reading plans out there. The Bible app can give it to you. Uh, let, Let me challenge you this. Get yourself a study Bible. Read the verse and then go read the commentary on it. Find out what God's saying, what the original text was saying. You know, a lot of people say, man, I just want to know what God wants me to do. You know, I've just been praying. I've been asking for God to speak to me. I don't know why God just won't speak to me because he already has. It's called the Bible. He's revealed everything you need to know about himself in this book and the way he wants you to live your life. So let's recalibrate our request so we can be good stewards of what God has given to us. But now let me give you this quick shift real quick. See, Solomon's life in the end, Solomon was human. He started off so great. He started off as the king who was going to take over the kingdom that was going to last forever. But then he ended up dropping the ball. Like so many of us do. See, but the Bible talks about another king. He's also called the son of David. See, this king, he's also called the prince of peace. He's called the Lord of Lords. He's called the King of Kings. And he's come and he established his kingdom and his kingdom will rule forever. No one will be able to take him off the throne. He's the only one who was sinless. He was the only one who was not stained. He was the only one who was able to take all of our sins, all of our shame, all of our brokenness, put them on his back and say, I will redeem you. I will bring you from death to life and you will sit next to me on the throne and reign with me forever. That's the king we need to know about today. And he is in the word of God. It's all about him. And in 2018, he's about to do it in our life over again and again. When we drop the ball, he's going to say, come with me. I've got you. I'll raise you up again, again and again. So whatever 2018 throws at you, whatever happens in 2018, know that he who's done it before will do it again. Let me pray on that. God, thank you. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.